All right, we are accepting calls this hour from time travelers only. If you have traveled in time or you are presently a traveler to this time, then we want to hear from you. Otherwise, the phone lines are closed, but for that group, they are certainly open. Uh, with that in mind, uh, top of the morning to you on the wild card line. You are on the air. Hello. Hello. going on welcome everybody to the infinite fringe how's everybody doing my name is billy ray valentine billy the kid what's going on and we're back with another one ladies and gents and this one is uh is gonna be interesting to say the least i looked it up on youtube and it said you know medical uh misinformation cannot talk about this on youtube but i found it on tubi so <laughs> go check it there uh we're gonna put links in the description returning guest it's been a while and if you go look for the original show that, that this gentleman and I did together, you probably won't find it because it got taken down with all the other copyright stuff. But what I'm planning on doing is um, I'm going to have like a classic fringe since so many have been taken down and I'm going to uh, rework them, edit them up, and that way it won't be an issue. So definitely putting up the, the episode I did with this gentleman and shame on me or letting it elapse so long, right? It's been such a long time since I've spoken to Mr. John Potash, ladies and gentlemen, returning to the Infinite Fringe. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us and coming back. We appreciate you and your work. How you doing, sir? Good, thanks for having me on again, Billy Ray. Ah, man, it's always a pleasure, brother. I should have done this a long time ago. I don't know where my head's been, but I, I haven't been putting out episodes consistently. Um, I've been, you know, the real world has taken over and I've been doing a ton of stuff, but... Uh, we're trying to rectify that. We're trying to fix that. And um, and uh, you were one of the ones that I decided. I was like, I got to reach out to John and uh, and a couple of other people. But listen, like, so I had you on initially to talk about the music industry and 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 your past documentaries. And everybody knows uh, your work fairly well. I mean, I'm going to let you recap just in case for for any of the new listeners. Sure. Um, but um, this particular documentary that you put out, your newest one is is like i was telling you before we went on the air it's a bit of a departure right it's shots eugenics and pandemics uh I'm, I'm gonna let you go ahead and take it away somebody somebody knocked on my door and my dog went went nuts right now um so so go ahead shots eugenics and pan, two two pandemics um and and this is uh, about the vaccine largely but it's also about covid go ahead and talk about it give me give me a quick overview about this first off what made you jump over to this right because we have well, from your previous work, you know, it's kind of it's kind of different. It's still the same. You know, you're still investigating stuff, but but it's it's not music based. But go ahead. Yeah. So I I actually was uh, 
starting to make a, a um, I wanted to do a project that was more entertaining for me with along the way of, of making it, uh, you know, of making the um, film. I wanted to make another film that uh, was more, just a little more, because I, I found, you know, when I'm doing all this, all this research on the film industry and the way the oligarchs targeted, you know, musicians and activists, the CIA and, you know, on behalf of the oligarchs, you know, targeted musicians and activists, I, uh, I found, yeah, there's a lot of humorous stuff. There's a lot of funny stuff that I just like stumbled upon, but, uh, I'm, you know, some, I might've put in the uh, drugs as weapons against this film, but basically I just, you know, I, it, everything was more serious. It was a more serious topic. And, but I just, you know, kept note of it, mental note of it and said, I, you know, I'm, you know, I could, I could spin this and, and make this a little, you know, funnier. And, um, so I started making a, um, just a comic version of uh, Drugs as Weapons Against Us. And um, I was making that. Um, I started maybe in the fall of um, 2019, you know, going into the winter basically of 2019. And then, you know, it turned into 2020 and I was making headway with that comic version of uh, Drugs as Weapons Against Us. And, you know, it was, a, it was some new information, too, on the whole subject, um, because new information has come out that's been very interesting. But it was, you know, overlapped some of the old stuff, too, just, you know, with comic twists. And um, and then COVID hit. And uh, I thought, well, um, I, I found actually a parallel, this uh, overlap, where the oligarchs basically used Imperial College in, in, um, in England to fund tons of psychedelic research, but also to fund a epidemiologist. Um, I forget his name now, but I talk about it in my film, who uh, was considered the gold standard for epidemiologists, even though he never went to, you know, he studied, he never studied epidemiology. He actually just studied uh, physics and um, never got really, you know, I don't even think he got a master's degree. I, I'm not even sure how, he, well, all I know is, you know, he didn't have the credentials to be the gold standard, what New York Times said was the gold standard for epidemiology. And his predictions were very wrong, like Ferguson, incredibly right? wrong in England. And uh, and the Imperial College was also massively funded by Gil, Bill Gates, who also was kind of propped up as this guy who really knows uh, diseases and viruses and vaccines more than anyone else, despite that he never even got a college degree. You know, he dropped out of Harvard and. Um, and despite his computer success, um, I show evidence. I show how he was actually propped up by IBM in the very beginning, very start of his career. Um, I, you know, uh, I have in my film a clip of a high-level IBM executive interviewed by a German news reporter, and the executive says that uh, Bill Gates' mother was friends with the head of IBM. And so the head of IBM ordered 900 uh, people at IBM to take Bill Gates out of his garage and give him, you know, set him up with this company. And um, let's talk about that real quick, John. I want, yeah. I want to stop you right there because that's really important. Right. And, and you cited Edwin Black and IBM and the Holocaust. Now, I had yeah. read that book. I didn't read I haven't read any of his other books. Right. But but um, IBM is important um, in the early 80s, late 80s. It was a thing. Everybody knew what international business machines were. Um, and it was, uh, you know, a staple in the home computer game. Right. And, and now and correct me if, you, if, if I'm wrong, but but I, I, 
until I watched your film, I was like, you know, where's IBM? You know, because they're not they're not out in the public as much. It's not it's not mainstream as much, but they're still working in large part with the heavy hitters still, you know, according to your film, you know, and and, uh, and I I did not know how they propped him up, propped up Bill Gates to uh, yeah. to get to the level that that he is at now. And they're still working together, which is crazy. Go yes. ahead, buddy. Yeah. So. So it just shows that uh, basically, you know, Bill Gates was a front man for the IBM and IBM is the company. You know, there was the many companies worked with the Nazis. IBM just offered the best computerized system and helped the Nazis uh, canvas the entire population of Germany to get all the people uh, tattooed with it, with the numbers on their arms that designated were they Jewish, were they gypsy, were they um, you know, communists, whatever they were, all these different reasons to uh, put them in camps and then you know, exterminate them. But um, they had, you know, and those numbers coincided with the Holleran punch cards that were the part of the original computer systems and uh, that IBM produced back then in the 1930s you know, and 40s. And so they, you know, them, St Rockefeller Standard Oil giving uh, oil to Nazis and, and not to not the best oil to the U.S. and the, you know, and the allied, uh, you know, front and, uh, you know, Rockefellers and J.P. Morgan's being connecting their companies with uh, I.G. Farben, the largest chemical company in the world um, that ran the uh, Auschwitz camp, which was uh you know, many camps in one. It was a gigantic concentration camp because it was many camps in one. Um, getting free labor that, you know, they just literally worked them to death, you know, with people they, did, they didn't exterminate. Um, and so, you know, all these different American companies, General Motors, General Electric, and all of them were uh, propping up and supporting the Nazi effort, believe it or not, behind the back of the American people and the American, and I guess part of the American government or maybe part of the American government knew, it was hard to say how much, how many knew and how many didn't. But, um, you know, so that's what the, the you know, history was according to Edwin Black, who's, who's won many awards. He was a syndicated Chicago Tribune columnist, you know, newspaper columnist, uh, won many awards, has, has his uh, books translated into over 20 languages in over a hundred countries. And, um, you know, it's it's an incredibly well documented history. He has in War Against the Week and IBM and the Holocaust is a second book and a third book. Um, I forget the name of off the top of my head, but uh, also talks about that time period in great detail. And so, um, what I what I show also is I go a little further back to show that this whole movement to reduce the population in a huge way, which I have Bill Gates on video saying you know if we get enough vaccines out there we can reduce the population by 10 or 15 percent 10 or 15 percent is you know close to a billion people he's saying we can reduce the population by in the, in the world and so um this was a eugenics philosophy and eugenics was a movement that uh started in england but didn't really take off uh anywhere but the united states in a big way um in the early 1900s and in the early 1900s, the oligarchs, the J.P. Morgan family, the Carnegies, the Harrimans, the Rockefellers, the you know, Vanderbilts and all, um, they all, Edwin Black showed how they started eugenics in the United States in terms of really funding it and getting it going. Uh, it was a, kind of an intergovernmental project because they got, they had, you know, they had kind of uh, 
governmental leaders who, who they got into office um, on board. And they also, you know, created posts and universities and got professors on board to pretend like this is some kind of real science. But what it was, was a genocidal, um, incredibly racist um, kind of philosophy that wasn't, it was a pseudoscience, pretending like um, people of color are 90% defective genetically. And, you know, even, you know, Italians and Jews and all were 60% uh, of and Irish were all 60% defective genetically and needed to be sterilized and or eliminated. And, um, and they actually were sterilizing loads of people. They were actually also eliminating people by getting lots of them in these uh, state institutions, um, you know, either, either state hospitals or state uh, institutions for the feeble-minded, they said, because they're saying they were genetically inferior and feeding them uh, milk from tubercular cows that killed almost half of them. And this is some of what was going on back then. But um, and, and laws were passed in um, over about 30 states in the country. So this were, these were on the books, laws with this pseudoscience calling for these uh, crazy kinds of things to happen, these incredibly racist, you know, prejudice uh, things to happen around the country. So this, I le I show this history leading up to World War II, then the propping, that's why they propped up the Nazis, because that was the, the eugenics folks pouring tons of money into a devastated Germany, Germany that was devastated by World War One, and they needed any cash from anywhere, so they accepted tons of money from the American oligarchs, because no other country would accept this eugenics stuff. Uh, but Germany was so desperate that they did accept it um, in terms of money coming into institutions. And uh, sadly enough that we, you know, the Brown Brothers Harriman, Brown Brothers were the largest investment group in, in, in the United States, but maybe even the world. But they're from Baltimore, my, my hometown. That's why I'm wearing a Ravens uh, you know, sweatshirt for the game today. But um, yeah, them, uh, Harriman was, the, was one of the oligarchs that's, that was in support of eugenics. Um, Prescott Bush, George Bush Sr.'s father, was president of uh, Brown Brothers Harriman. Them and the other people I mentioned before basically supported the Nazis, uh, paid for the brown shirt mercenaries that helped keep the, uh, get them in power and keep them in power. And then that, after the World War II, the, we gave uh, refuge to loads of Nazi scientists that came into a program that um, a book called Project Baseless um, uncovered with tons of documents came into a biological weapons program that was uh, ended up doing the testing on uh, gain of function research and all these experiments on gain of function research to uh, make these coronaviruses more you know deadly and dangerous and transmissible from uh, bats and or snakes to people and that's where we found that's that's where this uh, coronavirus came out of. It came out of a lab in China, Wuhan, China, but that was supported by uh, U.S. government research monies, you know, from Fauci. Um, Fauci gave it to one group that then gave it to the Wuhan um, lab, and Fauci knew this. This was all happening. Funded people like, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Barrick, I believe his name is, and some other doctors who were working with Wuhan. Uh, and um, th th you know, that gain of func function research created this uh, more dangerous, you know, coronavirus, COVID-19. You know, they pretended like it came from a bat market or something in China, which is ridiculous. You know, um, 
a Nobel Prize winner who isolated HIV, Luc Montaigne, um, from France, said that this was a man-made virus. And, um, you know, he doesn't know who exactly made it. He's not going to speculate at that point, but he says he analyzed it. It's a man-made virus. It's very, you know, carefully done. And, and it was a very sophisticated job that was done to make this virus. And then, of course, they then make the vaccines that they, you know, warp speed out there um, to, uh, you know, faster than any other vaccine it takes years to create safe vaccines. And they create this vaccine that's, uh, according to, you know, a doctor who's also a, a PhD and lawyer, a guy named Dr. Richard Fleming, says this, you know, the COVID virus was a, you know, bioweapon and the vaccines are bioweapons and they're weapons against all of us, the masses of the population who they're, they're coercing to uh, use these vaccines, sadly enough. And so when I found, when I started getting more and more research on all that, I had to change my whole um, comic version of Drugs as Weapons Against Us into what became Shots, Eugenics to Pandemics. Wow. Well, thank you for the breakdown. That was very detailed, man. Um, in in your research, did you come across uh, Peter Daszak and and his involvement in uh, right. in Wuhan, you know, the Eco Health Alliance, and and his uh, his relationship with uh, uh, Fauci, and how you know uh, he was instrumental allegedly, in this entire situation, in this entire COVID situation. Yeah, I did have details like that. Originally, in the um, first versions of Shots, Eugenics, the Pandemics, but the first versions were maybe two hours and 50 minutes long, and you know nobody's going to watch a two-hour and 50-minute movie. And so I kept trying to cut out and cut out and cut out. And I actually uh, got down to two hours and 26 minutes, but I... um then tried to cut out some more down to two hours and 21 minutes. But at that point, um, I just, uh, my, my creds researcher was, uh, the changes were just too much having to, it's hard to explain, but it was just, it was, I couldn't get it down anymore. I, I right. could, you know, the money and the the time and all that wouldn't, it didn't allow it. So I had to keep it at 226. Um, but yeah, I, I had to cut out some of the key details, but some of the other, details are all in there just pointing to the, yes this all came from fauci it was you know funded certain scientists i believe i might have mentioned a name or two but basically just you know this was what was happening funded some some american scientists were working on this they you know then the research was being done in wuhan that where the uh, obviously the virus was released and then i could show all the corruption around the cdc and nih and bill gates uh being the top funder for the cdc and the second biggest funder for the World Health Organization and all that. So what do you, th- all right. So from, from watching it, from watching the documentary, right. You, you break down um, the history of eugenics, right. Then it, 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 uh, <clears throat> it reaches over to modern day and you start um, giving some details on Bill Gates and where he came from and his investment in all of this. Right. And then uh, we play the clip of, of Bill Gates saying that, you know, in, Everybody's seen this clip eight million times, right? Of, of him, I hope uh, they, have. they have. Everybody's seen it, right? But it's it's been challenged, right? As far as the interpretation of what he said exactly. So there's two different narratives coming from from uh from from that one clip. Uh, we here believe that he said, you know, um, you know that 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 they wanted to pretty much eliminate a lot of the population with the vaccine, and there's an alternate uh explanation to it i have three different clips of him saying this three different times 
my in God. 10 or 15 years. Oh, and I only, I only had time to show one of them. Well, there you have that, ladies and gents. <laughs> I'm going to ask John to send me the three different clips and we will put them. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I, I'll look. I can look them up. I don't even know yeah. if I still have them. I can find them. But they tried yeah. to erase most of these clips from you know YouTube and everywhere else, um, is my mm -hmm. understanding. Um, so that's why I don't even know if I could I could get my hands. Well, don't on worry them. about it. I will dig for them and see I, if I, I did if have I can throw it up. Two hour, you know, and fifty minute right. film, just because I, you know, um, it's just unbelievable. You know, they says these things. Mm -hmm. Right. In, in, in the film, there's the one clip. Right. But um, but yeah, we'll we'll find we'll find others and put them up there and you can decide for yourself what was said exactly. Um, and I know everybody's seen the main one. Right. Um, but but like I said, I just wanted to throw it in there for the sake of throwing it in there. There are people that are are, are challenging what was actually said, regardless of that. We can judge a certain amount by the actions, what his intentions are. I don't know. I don't know the guy. But but uh, he is heavily pushing all of this stuff. And uh very recently, um, like I mean, this week they came out with a with a report that um, I forget who it was. Somebody, somebody from uh, from Europe was uh, was talking about how um, they never tested the the vaccine for transmission, you know, and uh, right, right, and, and that um, and they pretty much admitted to it, right? It was never tested for transmission. So all of these um passports and um restrictions that were placed upon people of earth you know um it was largely based on nonsense because there was no uh there was if you took the vaccine it wasn't going to stop the spread they didn't know that they didn't even test for that right so that that's a thing now um your your documentary does a really good job at at uh at talking about the eugenics aspect eugenics aspect of this right so do you believe, and I, I mean, from the clip, I mean, from the documentary, I think you do, but I want you to clarify. Do, do you believe that this entire thing was just an extension of the eugenics, uh, um, of the eugenics program that was carried out here? And you, and you make the links between IBM and the Holocaust and how they propped up Bill Gates and how they're still working together, even with Moderna. Right. And 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 uh, and you called it like an orgy. Right. Of of right. they're a polyamorous company. Is what you're right, right. I'm Go ahead. Like that. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I am trying to throw jokes throughout the film, just, you know, make it more entertaining, <laughs> like the, uh, you know, joke General Electric advertisements and all that. So I hope you enjoyed that. Ah, so, was funny. Go ahead. so good. And so, yeah. And, you know, make fun of myself with the um, the cologne ad. But I. Um, <laughs> So I'm glad, glad you enjoyed it. But I, I, so I, yeah, with, with that stuff with, that you were just talking about, yes, no, I definitely think it is an extension of eugenics and the same players are involved. I mean, JP, a top JP Morgan executive is on the board of uh, Moderna, for example, right. the Rockefellers um, have, you know, our partial interests are connected financially to both Moderna, Pfizer, you know, just a number of these pharmaceutical companies are involved in the vaccines um you know that in different ways and so all the same players from the eugenics era are still involved in things now and the, the rockefeller report of 2010 for example just outlined this the scare this fear you know this report said here's what's going to happen you know it's very soon we're going to have a virus out there that's going to cause us all to you know have to wear face masks and mm -hmm. we have to close things down and we may, you know, we have to start taking vaccines for these deadly viruses. And, 
and and all that and it just it just predicted what would happen and basically right. it was one of many simulations of what was going to happen um i just uh, highlighted two of them but another one was the famous event 201 which was uh funded by uh, the gates foundation with uh johns hopkins, John hopkins School right. of health security uh some bizarre kind of uh department and school that seems to be a bit separate from both the school of public health and the you know school of medicine but it's this bizarre group working with defense the defense department um and together they you know they did all these simulations of pretty much what exactly happened i think in with 2020 with corona covid yeah. 2020 it's really uh you know bizarre stuff and it and a lot of it had you know all these private um companies that could make tons of money off of it while at the same time promoting things that would kill off millions of people um for example the top epidemiologists in in the world are you know some of them can be you know i don't know if they, they are the top epidemiologists but they're highly, you know, highly thought of just because they come from Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. Uh, they came out with this declaration, the Great Barrington Declaration, that um, some, you know, I think it was close to 100,000 other doctors and scientists have now signed off on this Great Barrington Declaration, along with close to a million other people. Um, basically saying that, you know, it's it's horrible, the, uh, the kind of track and the way that um, governments have handled this whole COVID situation. And what they've done is is actually worse for people in that it's doubled. And this was a New York Times headline at one point. They basically doubled uh, start, you know, deadly starvation in the world um, from about 150 million to about 300 million, you know. Um, and that's incredible that they would do take up policies against COVID-19, supposedly, they're supposedly the best policies against COVID-19 that would kill off um, an extra 140 or 50 million people worldwide. And that's eugenics. You know, that's obviously eugenics um, because a guy named a New York Times reporter of 10 years named Alex Berenson had looked at investigated what the uh, CDC had come out with in terms of report on what to do about, you know, virus outbreaks. And uh, it was a 108-page report he looked at, and he, he analyzed it carefully, and it showed that what the COVID-19 current situation, what that would fall into, would be by their stand definition of, of a uh, you know problematic virus would, it would fall into category two or three of dangerousness, and category five being the most dangerous. But he said even if it fell into category five, the most dangerous, it would still not entail what they did, which is close schools for good it only called for closing schools for maybe two weeks maximum closing down you know so many small businesses um you know she said was you know really preposterous closing down society um according to the cdc's own report of what they should do right. in that situation in advance and um and so you know the absurdity of them that they have to close the small businesses but they can keep open walmart and <laughs> these other places and liquor right. stores you know, it's just, it's just ridiculous. It's just laughable. And so, but it, it permanently, uh, closed, um, hundred, you know, hundred thousand, some businesses, small businesses, and people were, were just devastated. I mean, their livelihoods were devastated. So people were put into financial ruin, even that weren't, you know, originally going to starve to death. Now you have a whole new class of middle-class people that are put into financial ruin. 
and so on. And this is the way they first used eugenics on the on the world's populations. Then the vaccines was a second way they used it because they showed that the vaccines are so dangerous and the governmental reporting systems, you know, the VARES, for example, vaccine adverse event reporting system showed that, which is incredibly, you know, um, under reporting what, what's really happening out there, you know, according to a Harvard study uh, commissioned by the government, um, the Harvard study said the VARES only has re- reports about 1% of what's really going on out there. Right. Uh, maybe 10% maximum, but really, you know, it's estimated about 1%. And so when it, when bears now says that there's about 32,000 deaths in the United States from the vac- COVID-19 vaccines, um, you know, if it's really 1%, that could be, you know, 3 million deaths, um, you know, over 3 million deaths. And, you know, when, and so a, a doctor explained that, it's this is just totally unprecedented because the fact that when they had the swine flu vaccine and a report came out in 60 minutes i show about the swine flu vaccine they, they said oh the swine flu is this dangerous scary new development in the united states in the 1970s under when uh nelson rockefeller was vice president under right. um, you know gerald president gerald ford so they pushed all americans to get the vaccine about 45 million americans complied and got the vaccine and Deaths started piling up. There was 25 deaths uh, at first, and when tw- when the number of deaths hit 25, they stopped the vaccine. Right. There was 25 deaths. Several hundred people had Guillain-Barré syndrome, and they stopped the vaccine. Um, it eventually went up to 50 deaths, but um, now you're saying 25 to 50 deaths with one. They stopped the vaccine. We're at 31,000. <laughs> 31,000 deaths yeah. reported by our government reporting system. At least. At right. least. Yes, right. at least. And it, that doesn't even account for the, you know, there's uh, close to a million serious injuries. We're talking about palsy, talking about paralysis, talking about uh, myocarditis that's, um, you know, can can cause your life to be shortened by you know decades um and we're talking you know, kids can die within five years of myocarditis right right there's thousands and thousands of, of uh, young you know males ages from uh 10 to 40 that are getting myocarditis and so um so many hospitalizations you know um just so you know chronic pain eric clapton said he couldn't use his his hands for three weeks after he got his second vaccine and then after that, uh, he, he, he's in chronic pain. He could use his hands, but he's in chronic pain permanently, he said. And that's why he spoke out against the vaccines after he got the vaccines. Right. And so, um, yeah, the COVID-19 vaccines. And so just so much happening out there. And so I have doctors that are, that are internationally renowned explaining how this is happening, why this is happening and all that. No, you know, and, and, and there is a history that can be detailed as to why people feel as they feel about this, right? Because there's a, the, the mainstream will push it as, oh, these are, are crackpots, people that uh, don't, you know, that, that don't want to take a vaccine for whatever reason. They're like, oh, this is ridiculous, right? They should be taking it. This is a, what is safe and effective is the, the model um, that they've put out there that everybody uh, recites. It's safe and effective, safe and effective. And, and if you 
just, I mean, this is a medicine. This is a drug, right? A, 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 a vaccine. And you look at the insert, they have tons of side effects. It's just the way it is for all of these things. So none of them are absolutely face, uh, safe and none of them are absolutely effective. And we've seen, and you, you detailed in your film about how people that have come, that have taken this vaccine are more likely to come down with the, with the, with the COVID virus than people who have not taken it. And they're more likely to die also than people that have not taken it. And you know what? I've seen that in my own life, right? I, I've seen it in my day-to-day -day here in New York City. I've, I've seen it and I've experienced it, right? So I know uh, that there is something to be said about uh, the statistics that you showed. But additionally, before I let you go, I mean, before I let you, you know, throw it back to you, um, there's, there's a history here of experimentation via vaccination, right? There's, there's Tuskegee, right? There's the Guatemalan syphilis experiments, right? And, and, that, and that was carried out by John freaking Hopkins, right? And then when, when, um, when we start looking at everything and their involvement here, it's easy to make that bridge. Wait a minute, what are you doing? And why are you making us take this? Wait a minute, wait a minute, slow down here. Right. What's yeah. up? There? I see you. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't even remember the if there was a connection with Hopkins with that, but I believe you. There absolutely sure. is. Right. Go, I don't totally believe that. Um, yeah. I just I just can't remember if I had mm. documented that in my film or not, but I, I definitely believe it. And there's um, uh, and yeah, the Rockefellers and the other oligarchs were involved in a lot of this, a lot of the funding for this kind of research and and these kinds of experimentations. But most importantly. When the, even when the first when the polio vaccine came out in the 1950s, um, a top female whistleblower, one of the highest uh, level uh, National Institute of Health, you know, uh, female scientists, uh, I think it was Beatrice Eddy, um, found mm -hmm. out that uh, there was a monkey virus in the polio that corrupted the pro polio vaccine. Right, right. And monkey virus could cause cancer later in life. Right. Um, she blew the whistle and. Um, and so uh, and actually a few pharmaceutical companies complied and stopped putting out the polio vaccine yes. in the 1950s, but others didn't. And the, CD, the CDC didn't stop putting out the polio vaccine until 1963, you know, in terms of the corrupted polio vaccines, I mean. And so millions and millions of Americans got these corrupted polio vaccines with a, with a monkey vi you know, virus in it that could cause cancer later in life. And lots of people wonder if that isn't some of the reason that cancer became so, you know, prevalent in our society, um, you know, later in, in the later decades. But um, it's, um, you know, this is some of the corruption. The CDC basically silenced Beatrice Eddy, Dr. Eddy. Um, you know, they didn't try to do something <clears throat> with her, her work as much as silence her. That was their main focus was silencing her in the same way they mm -hmm. uh, silenced Rachel Carson writing the book silent spring about the way ddt was mm. killing so many species right. in our in our you know country and really hurting americans and hurting people and um so this is some of uh what was going on um but yeah so i have i just want to emphasize the fact that i have scientists such as uh dr carrie mullis who won the nobel prize award for inventing the pcr tests he says, you know, in my film, and, you know, he had said previously before he died, right before the COVID-19 came out, he said that PCR tests is just to show that there's something detected. It doesn't mean you're sick. It doesn't mean you have what it says you have. Um, and he, I have that him saying that publicly on film. Um, so the whole idea that the PCR tests, you know, and, and other doctors like a, a columnist named Dr. McCullough, 
uh, Joseph McCullough, uh, who's a syndicated columnist, believe he says that um, never before in history have we considered um, someone who's not sick a case of something. You know, if you're not sick, you're not a case of something, he says, ever before until COVID-19, when they automatically call you a case in order to scare everybody about how these cases, you know. And so, you know, to push the vaccine more. And um, so I have different scientists like that. I've got the uh, scientists, I think I might mention Luke Montaigne, you know, um, you, I first, the first isolated HIV, talking yeah. about man-made virus, but also, yeah. you know, doc, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, who won national, international awards as a cardiologist, talking about what it's doing to people. He was giving the vaccine, so he was pro-vaccine at first, but when he found what uh, some terrible things that were happening to some of his patients, he said he had he had to check things out closer, and he said, oh, my God, it's really doing you know dangerous things to my patients. I got to right. stop it. And so a number of the people I have, like Dr. Robert Malone, I have in my film, was the inventor of the mRNA technology behind the COVID-19 vaccines. And he says that this is extremely dangerous. He, he didn't realize how bad it was. He, he actually got the vaccine at first, the first shot, and never will get a shot again because he realized this is much more dangerous than, than he first understood. And people, he you know, is, is imploring people to stop taking this vaccine now. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. And you, you, um, you talked about a lot of that. Um, the SV40 simian virus was is the the uh, right. monkey virus that you were making reference to right. uh, with with uh, the cancer uh, link. And this right. was studied. You can find peer reviewed studies on this. And they say that, well, they, they make the conclusion that there's no sufficient evidence. But that's in the face of saying that, yeah, this causes cancer. Literally, that's what the report says. Like, yeah, it causes cancer, but yeah. we don't have sufficient evidence to say one way or another. But yes, it does cause yeah. cancer. Right. So right. go check that. These are peer-reviewed studies. Uh, um, another thing that you put me on to um, that I want to talk about, and sure. I do I do want to talk a little bit about Robert Malone, sure. um, because um, while I feel that some of his information is is legit, he's also pushing his own vaccine right now that he's going to make. So I'm like, okay, I'm like, what what what's the point of that? But but We'll we'll circle back to that, John. If we don't make it there, we don't make it there. Um, but I do want to talk about uh, um, ivermectin, mm-hmm. and and ivermectin was politicized to the point where I was like, yeah, it's probably bullshit, right? And then I watched your doc, and I have ivermectin in my cabinet right now. One of my boys decided he was like, listen, I'm gonna get you some iver- ivermectin. Shouts to Joe Winters. What's up, buddy? <laughs> and, and he he got me some ivermectin and i have it up there but listen um i, I saw it and you were talking about the peer-reviewed studies on it right so i'm like let me look this up and yeah. uh, and i found as soon as you go, you go to google scholar put in ivermectin covid boom all of the stuff will come up and there is um uh like like uh like a almost like a i mean the first thing that comes up is like written from one of these studies, and it says ivermectin, you know, is hasn't been proved. There's no sufficient evidence of anything. That's the first thing it says. I went down to the next study, the next, the next study, and and I actually clicked on it to read it. All you got to do is go to the conclusions on these things nine times out of ten. Right, right. And it's talking about how effective it was, and 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 how you know how good it was for for things like this. And I'm like, holy crap, you know. And I never went and 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 looked at these things up until your doc, and and so. Incredible points there. 
why do you think they why why do you think they decided to uh to really like put put the blocks on something they like ivermectin to, which which was cheap and effective go ahead the vaccine companies had to get right. ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine I, I sorry hydroxychloroquine with zinc demonized right. in order to get their vaccines um get the emer emergency use authorization because mm -hmm. by the details of getting an emergency use authorization for something uh they say there can't be a um an effective treatment for this and that's why you know there's an emergency and we need this vaccine and so uh if hydroxychloroquine with zinc along with um ivermectin actually worked at all for COVID 19 then um they couldn't get the vaccines you know get that eua the emergency yeah. use authorization and so that's um that's why um you know i know because uh president trump you know mentioned hydroxychloroquine that everyone thinks oh it must be ridiculous you right, know right 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 said it's got it's got to be ridiculous but there's even more studies apparently that that say that, that hydroxychloroquine also is very helpful with helping get zinc into your cells and and zinc uh for helps you know defend yourselves from right. things like COVID 19 and, and other viruses coronaviruses and all and but ivermectin and, and hydroxychloroquine with zinc are, are both helpful uh with this in a big way as well as you know vitamin d and things like that but these are all the, the issue the problem that pharmaceutical companies have with ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine is also the fact and vitamin d is the fact that um ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine are both two of the drugs on the world health organization's essential drug list mm. they've been on that list for decades saying these are essential drugs they cannot be patented in terms of like you can't make money off these things so they're 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 you know supposed to be inexpensive because of that right because there's not going to be all this you know big pharma kind of um you know attempt to profit off of, of these things and so um that's why again the, you know they've been very safe and effective on other illnesses like lupus and things like that yeah and uh for decades and but now the bill gates foundation comes in and funds a study i saw in my paper you know, daily newspaper the Baltimore sun that university of maryland study uh had received funds from the bill gates foundation to study hydroxychloroquine and it showed that hydroxychloroquine is could be dangerous dangerous for people yeah. okay first time ever world health organization essential drug but somehow the gates founded you know gates foundation study said it's dangerous for people and why because they you know they said they gave the patients you know a vastly uh larger amount of the hydroxychloroquine than they were supposed to mm. massively higher dose than they were supposed to and of course so that made it dangerous normally at the normal dose it's not dangerous at all or even double or triple normal dose is not even dangerous but they give this massively or you know uh overdose the person and pretended like oh my god this is a dangerous drug i mean when you take uh you know a whole bottle of tylenol you could kill yourself too and <laughs> tylenol. So, and so yeah and so you know this is what they did with these drugs and they pretended like ivermectin is just a horse dewormer you know it's just it's just absurd stuff they and and the sad thing is i should have to show i always in all my projects I have to show a section i have to have a section uh showing how the oligarchs took over the media you know right. first in 1917 they bought out the most influential paper newspapers and magazines 
about controlling interests of them. And then, um, you know, by this, you know, by this, by 2020, they, you know, really by the 2000s, they had, had you know, uh, even Bernie Sanders and Senator uh, Maria Cantwell had giving a press conference based on the uh, book by um, the Media Monopoly by the Dean of you know, Cal Berkeley School of Journalism, Ben Bagdickian. It was made famous in that um, film about the Washington Post uh, with the Pentagon Papers. But um, anyway, he, uh, you know, it, it just showed how about um, six multinational corporations control over 90% of all of our information. Right. And uh, that's the way they can spin that narrative, the demonizing, um, you know, ivermectin hydroxychloroquine. But I show that they also, like former heads of the New England Journal of Medicine, one of the you know, prestigious journals in the in the country, if not the world, uh, she said that that pharma, you know, pharmaceutical companies basically dictated, you know, most of the content of of my my journal, New England Journal of Medicine, when I was there. And that's the way it works with journals, the med- medical journals. It says the pharmaceutical companies you know, uh, fund us, dictate what comes out and, um, and we're kind of stuck. We're at their, their behest, sadly enough. And yeah. that's true of the Lancet too, I hear. No, absolutely, brother. I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy the way things are going down in the interest of time. I'm going to try to push along. I want to get some more out of you before we get up out of here, sir. Um, so, uh, I want to talk about, uh, the, the, um, maybe race specific aspect of this right yeah. you 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 go into it some um and you you talk about how how um minorities uh died more right yeah. or than than uh i, than I said at least six times as many people of color died right, right. during covid 19 but it's really for black people i think the stats said up to 11 times as many and for Hispanics, it was um, at least six times. Right. And so I, I just, I, I didn't get as detailed again. I was just trying to cut out and cut out and cut out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cause I was just uh, so over time with my film and it was unwatchable. Um, at, as lit. <laughs> and, but really it's uh, six right. to 11 times as many people. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 um, 19. And I think that's right. on purpose. Again, I think it's part of the eugenics. That was my that was my question. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's the vitamin D issue. Vitamin D, you know, a lot of studies have shown have been helpful, and that's why uh, this COVID nineteen didn't hit the uh, some of the continents, you know, like African continent and India and places as hard as as the uh, places that were cold weather places that didn't get as much sun. And um, they keep trying to inflate India's numbers, but it's a joke. It's you know their deaths were vastly lower than the United States, even though they're, you know, vastly larger than the United States in population. Um, you know, India is probably about a billion people or something, you know, um, United States is whatever, 200, 300, 300,000 people, I mean, 300 million people. Um, anyway, so, um, you know, that's, they basically, this coronavirus, um, yeah, was hitting people of color much harder because of the vitamin D issue and melanin. In, in pigment of skin, you're not allowing uh, as easy of absorption of vitamin D because they're used to the sun uh, from, you know, being from uh, places where the sun was more prevalent. And um, so they're low on vitamin D and they don't talk about that. They don't talk about people lower on vitamin D are more in, you know, susceptible to COVID-19. Um, but, you know, of course, the other aspect of this all is the fact that they also used hospitals more for their, you know, people 
if there is more poverty in certain uh, because of institutional racism, right. historical institutional racism, it leaves you know people of color with uh, a little more you know with more people that are in poverty or more people that don't just don't have uh, doctors at their disposal as much as wealthy people. And so they might use the hospital for um, a quick visit, you know, emergency visit they might need to be like me because they're so scared about COVID-19. And they go into the hospital and then they're uh, prescribed. Now, I, I, I said they're put on ventilators too fast. And, it, you know, a study showed that 88% of people put on ventilators died. And nurses right. blew the whistle saying that some of these people put on ventilators weren't even COVID positive. They, they were just scared. They were hyperventilating because they were having panic attacks because they were so scared of it all. And they're just thrown on a ventilator, even they they didn't need a ventilator. And so I, I argue, sadly enough, that people were getting killed that way, and um, doctors were complying with administrators who were told this is this is the new procedure. Yeah, you know, get them on ventilators, and and they're going to die there. But they were also prescribed remdesivir. Now I didn't when I was making this movie. Um, I didn't hear yet about remdesivir, but I'm going to say it now, even though it's not in my film, I wish it was in my film, but so doctors, uh, and the nurses joked about what remdesivir, you know, about the name remdesivir, they call it run death is near. Yeah. <laughs> so because half the people in studies of remdesivir die. Mm. Um, okay. Remdesivir is a deadly uh, medication and yet it's still, I hear the medication that is the only medication or maybe one or, you know, this might be one or two others, but it was be the main medication given for people with COVID-19 when they went to the hospital. Right. So people of color who, who, because of, you know, historically economic uh, disadvantages uh, went to the, the hospital more for their, their treatment were getting killed in the hospitals by either remdesivir or the ventilators. And it's just horrible. I mean, this, you know, they talk about this in, in New York, especially with Elmhurst Hospital, some of the doctors, some of the nurses that tried to volunteer from other parts of the country to Elmhurst Hospital and other New York hospitals, public hospitals, said that you know people were basically getting killed in those hospitals, and um, so it's really horrible. But but so it wasn't you know Naomi, Naomi Wolf in her new book, The Bodies of Others, uh, just came out recently documented this the the the, most, the best book on the whole subject of course is robert f kennedy jr's book um the real anthony fauci which is just a unbelievable book i, I highly recommend it if anyone's interested but um Naomi wolf's book just uh, documented new york well because she was up there in new york and um and she just showed how the fact that you know a lot of it was a, just a joke and a sham um and the fact that they pretended they needed these emergency tents in central park and an emergency boat you know medical boat on the you know harbor in new york city but those things were up for a month and barely saw anyone they saw maybe you know um 78 people or something you know in one on the boat and you know it was only there for a month and uh the tents were barely used and the mass graves were you know, there's evidence, there's really uh, no evidence that they're real. These mass graves they said they had on certain islands. She said an island that was supposedly had a mass grave uh, wasn't even supposed to be allowed to have um, drones fly over it because it's a uh, military connected. And yet all these media companies supposedly showed footage of these mass graves on this island in New York. So it's just, there's just so much uh, of a sham around it all. There's so much artifice around it all to scare people literally to death scaring people so much that they'll comply with anything the government says including taking vaccines that will, will, will um, be more dangerous for them right 
as they call it, cause blood clots with those spike proteins sticking out in their capillaries and, and uh, causing microclots that are going to build up to be bigger and bigger clots you know, in the future, they, they believe. Well, I will tell you this, John. Um, a, a lot of what you said, I feel to be correct. I'm here in New York, right? I'm, I'm here in the, in the South Bronx, right? And it's a, a, a very low income community here. Uh, people were dying left and right. Right. Um, and uh, I know people that work in those hospitals. Right. And uh, they said a lot of the same things to me. Right. Even though there were people there that were legitly sick, um, there was also that panic that went on. Right. And um, it, it was like in between, like people like the mainstream would say, oh, my God, these hospitals are overflowing. It's crazy. Yeah, there were a few hospitals that were overflowing, but largely. They were not right. But but um, so the, you know, people on the alternative media is like nothing's happening over there. Look, look, it's it's empty. The hospital and they'd be right. That stupid ship that that Cuomo brought over here, that military ship, they never used it. Right. And they had these things in Central Park. Nobody was going there. You know, I mean, they had cases, like you said, you know, but it was like very small. Um, But there was an aspect of an overflowing hospital, right? There was an aspect of, of mobile morgues. I know somebody that worked in them, so they're real, right? Um, there was an aspect of mass graves. Uh, I, I know someone that died. They weren't directly related to me, thank the Lord. But a good friend, one of my best friends, right? Uh, he had somebody pass away. They couldn't bury him. Well, I'm sorry that this yeah. happened. So, so, no, 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 it's cool. Yeah. But, but these are things, right? These, yeah. these are these are real things. So I think what we need to do yeah. is 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 come somewhere in the middle. Everybody has an agenda. I'm not saying that you have an agenda, John. You know, yeah. I'm just saying everybody has an agenda, like as far as like the mainstream media. So they'll report what they want to report and they manipulate people that way. Yeah. You know, and, and when you're here and, and you see it, I'm like, oh, damn, you know, I'm seeing this. This is real. But they're not... They're not uh, reporting it accurately. They're not reporting it in a way that is is uh, pinpointing exactly what's going on. They're they're acting like this was the like New York was the Walking Dead. Like you go to every hospital and it was crazy, and it was not like that. It just wasn't, you know. Um, and I went to several hospitals just to see, um, and it wasn't like that, you know. So um, so so there is that, you know, there is that aspect of things, um. And, and you gotta, you gotta wonder when they get when they get these people on the ventilators so fast, as this nurse says in my film, for on you know, for reasons that they shouldn't you know they shouldn't be on the ventilator, right. and eighty eight percent of them died. Are they right. creating so many more deaths than than really should be the case? You you're know? right, though. I think you're right about that. Um, you know, um, along with the remdesivir, you know, <laughs> right? You know, so it, it was a, it was a crazy situation, but um, this all led up to to the vax, right? Mm-hmm. Ultimately, and we we here in the alternative media were saying this is going to lead to the mass vaccination of the people, you know, and and the mainstream made it look like that was nonsense. You know, they were like, no, what are you talking about? Mass vaccinations. Literally, if you could still find the reports, go out there. But they were like, no, 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 this is ridiculous. You guys are crazy. Nobody's going to force you to do anything. And they still make the argument nobody forced you to do anything. It's either that or you lose your job. You know, it's either that or you don't get to go anywhere. You know, I mean, that's that's forcing people to do things. And it was on a false premise. It's yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Go ahead, buddy. And it breaks the Geneva Convention. 
right. uh, you know, that was developed after World War II that you can't coerce uh, medical experiments, which the emergency use authorization of these vaccines was. It was a medical experiment mm-hmm. that's defined as a medical experiment. And so, you know, I have Robert F. Kennedy Jr. lawyer, you know, um, talking about this, you know, the legal aspects of it uh, broke um, Geneva International Law. And um, so this is some of the horrible, you know, this is what they were, they were herding us into. So whatever was actually going on out there, uh, so much has to be questioned. Some's true, some's not. Right. We don't know. It's, it's just, you know, it's just hard to be sure. Uh, though I think, you know, um, yeah, you know, it's horrible about if, you know, there was loads of deaths in, in New York, I wish they could have figured out why are all these nurses blowing the whistle, you know, really endangering their careers, uh, to say this is, there's horrible things happening in this hospital with, uh, the ventilators and and all that and, and death severe, et cetera. And why aren't they using these other things that appear to be working better, like the ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, vitamin D, things like that, and yeah. oxygen instead of the ventilators? They only finally, they eventually, after touting the ventilators for you know uh, many months, they finally started switching the protocol to oxygen instead of the ventilators. Yeah. Yeah. But why did it take so long? And why couldn't there be a debate on that? You know, that's the thing. Why can't there be open debate? There was you know open discussion and open medical debate was completely vilified it still is and still yeah. is you know uh, and people are categorized and labeled as irrational conspiracy theorists you know, right. which is a joke term because people conspire in all kinds of ways to do <laughs> the negative right. stuff and uh but but then you know the categorization of uh, anti-vaxxer it just shuts off debate right you know you can't you know um most people aren't totally anti-vax they're anti-corrupt vaccines right but they're they're sure fine with rabies vaccines or whatever other vaccines can help you you know right. vaccines are good and there's some you know plenty of vaccines are corrupt right 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 so um you know it's this is what what they kind of the tone they set for things yeah no i got you man and like the you know the polio vaccine i think it was the um the oral polio vaccine that started causing polio <laughs> Yeah. And people in Africa, you know, so that's why, you know, those people are so hesitant over there to 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 take stuff, and yeah. and largely they didn't have uh, COVID vaccines, and they were good, you know. I mean, of course, they're, I'm I'm generalizing here, but yeah. um, but uh, there there wasn't such a big uh, outbreak, right? In and, sections and, of Africa, and, what's up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in in India, you know, the the polio regiment that the Bill Gates Foundation set up by paying off people in in india caused you know five hundred uh thousand you know young boys to be paralyzed you know uh you know and um it it was like 50 shots believe it or not 50 shots for supposedly for the polio vaccine from overlapping different uh regiments you know by the time you know they were out of their childhood they had 50 shots for one for the polio vaccine you know for polio and so, and it was killing young girls. Another vaccine was killing young girls. Um, another, other vaccines were sterilizing, had sterilizing agents in them. And this, these, uh, a lot of these vaccines were given in, in people, you know, in countries of color and, and third world countries. And, you know, people were, you know, when girls were getting sterilized around the world. 
Right. And these are all talked about. I have I have mainstream peer-reviewed studies discussing this. Of course. You know, so it's I'm not just this is not just coming off of uh just some random theorist about this stuff. Right, right. So yeah, and I show them in my film. But um money is very loud and uh very influential and the Bill Gates Foundation with its philanthropy was able to uh, spread that money around the world and somehow doubles money. It's amazing when you get into philanthropy and you like, give all your money away, it doubles instead of just, right. leaving, you know, they get richer and richer and, and richer and richer, John, yeah. man. It's, that's it's, just the way yeah. this thing works. Cause when, up, yeah, Cause when your philanthropy goes to people and pharmaceutical companies, yeah, it doubles, you know, <laughs> you know, but um, um, regardless, this is going to continue. It's it's not going to stop. Um, they've come they've come out and said Fauci for one, Bill Gates, um, all the prominent people in in this scenario. I I don't know what to call it, but they they've all come out come out and said that there is a likelihood, a, a probability that that this is not the last pandemic. There will be another one fairly soon. This is what they've said. Um, and I believe them, okay, <laughs> because uh, they're the ones that are instrumental in pushing this stuff. If if you start looking into it, so I, I totally believe them. Um, and there's going to be a new vaccine. They also have these vaccines, you know, because they talked about the you know vaccine hesitancy in your film. I'm sorry, and uh, and how you know people didn't want to get the vaccine, and how do you deal with that, right? How do you deal with that population? Well, they have, um, and this wasn't in your film, but but I, it just struck it to mind when I was watching. They had the uh, the airborne vaccines that that literally you can just come in contact with it by being with somebody that's already vaccinated and then you become vaccinated. Go look this up. I'm not making it up. I don't know much about it, though. Right. You're right. No, no. It's it's yeah. it's a thing. You know, it's, it's go look it up. I, I'll find it and put put the link yeah. in the description of the show. If, if anybody's interested in, in looking at it, there's, there is an airborne vaccine that they're coming up with. And I think Bill Gates was instrumental in that, you know, in giving some money for that, you know? Um, so end game here, where do you think we're going? What do you think that's leading to? Well, I think it's leading to, um, I just mentioned the world economic forum in my, in my film, but um, I mentioned them as being involved in the, the big cryptocurrency push. And, but they're also involved in the big vaccine push and they're involved in the, um, in other pushes, but, uh, they basically, you know, the head of the world economic forum, Klaus Schwab has talked about, uh, that you'll own nothing and be happy. And, um, that's you know, bizarre and scary in itself. But obviously if they're pushing cryptocurrency, that's a dangerous push because of the fact that whoever, uh, has the, you know, owns the computer systems that deal with the crypto part of the cryptocurrency they can control our livelihood. So if we're not acting in the way they want us to act, then they can just turn off our livelihood. Um, so I think that's that's the big push is is to kill more off quicker with the vaccines. The more you know, the, the best studies are saying that the the more vaccines you take, the more problems uh, with graphene oxide in the vaccines that's toxic and and just even the spike proteins producing microclots and more and more blood clots are causing the problems with the palsy and the paralysis and the right. migraines and the hospital visits and the de early deaths and all that and the heart attacks and athletes collapsing on the um on the field i mean just you know it's just happening in all kinds of places 
NFL uh, athlete just last week or so collapsed on the field out of nowhere. And, um, you know, God bless, man. Yeah. And JJ Watt, you know, defensive player of the year, um, says he went into AFib. Uh, he was scared Christ. to death. He was crying in his interview saying, I went to AFib and the doctors had to shock my heart to bring it back into normal rhythm again. And they, and the only, and, you know, my team actually wanted me to play the next day. So I did, but I was scared to death um, that I would, I would die. Um, and he's crying about it, you know, on film. And so he's just, you know, one of probably many, I mean, less popular, you know, um, athletes probably don't get that kind of spotlight to describe it all. Um, and so this is some of the stuff that's happening out there. And uh, sadly enough, the oligarchs, I think, do want to reduce the population, do want to control us more um, and, you know, control control the world more. And it's, it's scary, but we're we're fighting for the opposite. We're fighting for the people to have more freedom, the 99% of us to have more control. And, and that's what, you know, that's why it's great that you're doing what you're doing with the, you know, uh, alternative media, Billy Ray and Don, our friend Don Jeffries is doing a great work with that. <laughs> and I'm just trying to, you know, put out some films and books and stuff to educate people to empower, hopefully empower people um, in that way to, for the 99% to, to gain more control any way possible against the oligarchs. Nah, man, we appreciate your work. We, we need to talk about Tupac. We never did that. I got to sure. bring you back to talk about Pac. Um, a few things. Uh, shouts to Don Jeffries, of course. Uh, uh, my boy, John Nada. I hope you're listening. He does a lot of good work and he's, uh, uh, you know, he's reported on, on all the, um, on a lot of athletes just, you know, falling and, and on the field just, yeah. You know, it's so uh, sad, but good for John to to get that word out there. Right? No, absolutely. He's he's reported a lot on it. So shouts to him, and that's that's happening. And if you look, you know, all you have to do is look at the news, and you'll see how the, the frequency of it, how much it's being reported. Um, as far as uh, you own nothing and like it, Klaus Schwab. That's attributed to him. I don't know if he ever actually said it. Um, he wrote a whole book about the great reset and the great, but that phrase is what I'm talking about, John. Um, it's, uh, it came came from an article. It says, I own nothing, have no privacy and life has never been better. And it was Ida Alkin who, uh, who wrote the article uh, and she is a part of the world economic forum. Yeah. And and what she was doing was, uh, she was speculating on the future, on what a future may look like. And even in the article, she said that um, that all of this would be a sacrifice, right? For for you would have to sacrifice your privacy, mm-hmm. and that 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 the world elite, the, the controllers, would know everything you do as a result of of uh, of buying into the new technology, right? And the, and the tech was you own nothing because you don't need to, right? You you would you would rent things like you rent uh, uh, music from iTunes. You know, you, you would say, okay, I want, uh, I'm, I'm going to make a cake today. So right now we break out pots and pans and make a cake, right? In her reality, you don't do that. You just ask for it. And there's the pots and the pans. You make the cake and then it's gone afterwards. Cars, nobody owns cars. You rent them or, or they, you, you ask for one, you drive around, whatever. So that, that's what that means. That's a very complicated uh, situation. We should have a talk on it if, if, if you wish. We'll bring you on America Unplugged one day. That's me, Don Jeffries, and Tony Arterburn. What's going on? And we can all talk about it. That'd be That'd dope. Be great. Thank you. No, no, absolutely. 
We yeah, appreciate well, what you do, buddy. Plug all your stuff. What's up? Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, yeah, so again, I wish the World Economic Forum could have been more of my project, but you know that that's the uh, cutting down and just not 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 enough space for it. But but I appreciate you getting into more deeply, and it is it's it's the next most important thing with the oh, yeah. and what they plan for us in the future. Right. But uh, so my my work can be found. So right now my film is free on Tubi, but the DVD has fifteen plus bonus scene minutes. Yeah. So um, it's oh, at school, it. Barnes and Noble and Amazon and Best Buy and places like that. Walmart, believe it or not, sells it. Um, <laughs> but um, you know it's it's free on Tubi. It can be rented from Google Play um, without the ads. You know for like a dollar ninety nine. Um, and believe it or not, YouTube even shows says you know medical misinformation, but they still allow you to rent it from from YouTube movies. Oh wow, that's movies. interesting. It's bizarre. So they they yeah. pretend like they don't, but you can right. still rent it from them. So um, there's and also on Show Me TV, uh, which is a small free um, you know we can see it for free with ads. But um, hopefully, it'll be more places down the road. You know, there's a lot of censorship around it that places aren't picking it up as much. Um, but I'm glad it's getting out there like it is. You know, it's actually in libraries around the country too, believe it or not. Fantastic. And um, yeah, so you can see more about you can see the trailer and more about where you can find it at my website. Um uh the the movie website basically is shotsmovie.com. Uh for all my work, it's johnpodash.com. They're all the same, they're they're both the same website, but um with two different names. And so shotsmovie.com or John uh, Potash.com and Potash is easier, easier to say. So I'm fine with that. I was about to tell you, I've been saying your yeah, name wrong. Uh, uh, I like Potash better. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, thanks so much for having me on again, Billy Ray. Was, you know, my other books, of course, Drugs as Weapons Against Us, the CIA War on Musicians and Activists is a book and a film uh, that you can see on my website. And of course, the FBI War on Tupac Shakur. And Black Leaders was my first book that I turned into a DVD. And now it's just republished um, last fall by uh, Microcosm Publishing. And they changed the name of the book to the FBI War on Tupac Shakur. And then the subtitles, State Repression of Black Leaders. Um, but they, they've done a good job of getting the, you know, the book out there more, even though they changed the book a lot. So, yeah, it's what I've had to be stuck with. But I want to talk to you about it. I want to talk to you about it. Um, and, uh, sure. In relation to Black Lives Matter, also, I'd love to get your thoughts on all of this. But um, but that, that says a lot about John. He, he's putting out his film for free, so you can see it. All right, but go support, right? If you can, I'm gonna buy one. Oh, do, do, do we do do we have an autographed copy? Is that because I, I like getting autographs of people that I have on? So yeah, order. Like, yeah, you can get, yeah, you can get autographed copy by ordering it from my um website and right. ask for an autographed copy, and I'll just I'll sign something that a uh, little label mailing label that you can then stick on the inside of the you know awesome. DVD that's, cover. That's, that's fantastic so that, that that's what i want so go go support john and what he's doing what's up you have something else to say i thought you had something else to say did you you sounded like you had something else to say you have nothing else to say oh me no <laughs> okay all right cool no, I was, all sorry, right. you're pointing to the producer in your uh studio no i don't know uh, the producer's me I'm, I'm a team of one i do the research the production the editing the in the whole deal it's what yeah, we do I, here on the Infinite Fridge. I know I, it looks like a very fancy setup, <laughs> but no. Yeah, Don Jeffrey is one person helping him, but I, I, um, yeah, yeah personally, I told you I just, that's a boy. Go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. I just have a few people in my, um, mm -hmm. in my, uh, like all my films, just a few people helping me with those films. And so right. it's, yeah, it's almost a one man production too. 
Well, fantastic. We appreciate you for it. John Potash, ladies and gentlemen, or Potash, whichever yeah. you prefer. Um, and this is the Infinite Fringe, ladies and gents. Stay, stay tuned, John. Do not hang up. This is sure. the Infinite Fringe. I hope you enjoyed the episodes. Uh, we're going to drop more Halloween episodes because I got them. Uh, so uh, in, in our Shocktober series. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the Giants episode that we dropped, uh, and and uh, we're gonna drop another one on on uh, on Alien Possession. Yeah, um, it's, it's gonna be fun. Uh, so <laughs> stay tuned for that, and we got more serious stuff coming up as well. My name is Billy Ray Valentine. You know where you can find me if you're listening to this, but spread it to other people that don't necessarily know about the Infinite Fringe. America Unplugged also every Saturday, 12 p.m. Eastern on Rockfin and on AmericaUnplugged.com. Go on there and check it out. That's with Don Jeffries and Tony Arderburn. Shouts to, to uh, John Brissom. Shouts to John Nada and everybody else in the circle. Ladies and gents, we're getting up out of here. Do not burn the place down while I'm gone. Take it easy now. Bye-bye.